Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Marion Coatsworth Hay. The people on these sites, they're the cast of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I'm Trisha Bobita. I'm Greta Johnson. And this is the Nerdette Podcast. We've got a lot coming up this week. We're going to talk about fall TV. We're playing Mary Frack Kill with three ABC pilots. And then some word nerd homework if you choose to accept it. Greta, can I quickly tell you the nerdiest thing I did all week? Oh my gosh, I would love that. I'm kind of proud of it. Oh, good. So all last week I was doing training at work to learn more about how to do data reporting and I was building fusion tables. But my favorite thing that happened last week is that I learned how to do a bunch of Excel functions that I didn't know before. Ooh, that is exciting. And so now I walk up to other reporters who were in the training and I hold up a pen and I say, concatenate. Nuh-uh. I do. Because it sounds like a Harry Potter spell when you say concatenate. I was just about to say it reminds me of a Harry Potter spell. I know. Is that really how you pronounce that word? I don't know. Being a word nerd, I have to question your pronunciation, but I have no idea myself. I'll find out. (laughs) Okay. Stop, stop, stop. You're going to take someone's eye out. Besides, you're saying it wrong. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. You do it, then, if you're so clever. Go on, go on. Wingardium Leviosa. Last time we played Mary Frat Kill, it was with three shows that were new for the summer. We talked about Marin, the new Mark Marin IFC show, Family Tree from HBO, and the second season of The Newsroom. I watched all of Marin and all of the newsroom, and I stood by my decision from earlier this summer and did not watch Family Tree. How about you, Greta? Same deal. And, you know, I have a rocky relationship with newsroom. I'm a little behind, but I am still keeping up for one reason or another. Everyone in the world is so much more interested in Breaking Bad, it seems, right now in terms of summer TV. But I've kept up with newsroom this season, and I feel about the second season a little better than I did about the first, but the same way, which is when I watch the newsroom, it just makes me want to go on Netflix and watch old West Wing episodes that I like better. I can totally relate to that because West Wing, I mean, there's really nothing better than that. And a couple of our favorite West Wing stars are coming back to TV this fall, which is part of why I'm very excited for fall TV. Absolutely. Brad Whitford, who we're both ridiculously huge fans of. He's not Bradley Whitford for you. He's Brad. That's nice. Oh, did I say Brad? You said Brad like, you know, my pal Brad at the barbecue. I'm like, you know, me and Brad and Joss and Ira, we just all hang out. No big deal. (laughs) So the other person who I realized is going to be coming back this fall who was in the West Wing is Allison Janney, who played C.J. Craig. She's definitely the greatest female character on that show. Starry, Stalker, Channing, you're amazing. But C.J. Craig, come on. No kidding. Oh, Josh? (laughs) Yeah. The federal page of the Washington Post just called Carol to confirm that you're the Josh Lyman who stated on an Internet website that the White House could order a GAO review of anything it wants. Without threatening the separation of powers, is what I was saying. You posted on a website? I was communicating with the people. 
Really? It's a crazy place. It's, it's got this dictatorial leader who I'm sure wears a muumu and chain smokes parliaments. What did you go there for in the first place? It's called LemonLiman.com. Let me explain something to you. This is sort of my field. The people on these sites, they're the cast of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. The muumu wearing parliament smoker, that's Nurse Ratchet. When Nurse Ratchet is unhappy, the patients are unhappy. You, you're McMurphy. You swoop in there with your card games and your fishing trips. I didn't swoop in. I came in exactly the same way everybody else did. Well, now I'm telling you to open the wardroom window and climb on out before they give you a prefrontal lobotomy and I have to smother you with a pillow. I'm Chief Bromden, yes, at this particular moment. I'm assigning an intern from the press office to that website. They're going to check it every night before they go home. If they discover you've been there, I'm going to shove a motherboard so far up your ass. What? Well, technically, I outrank you. So far up your ass! Okay. Okay? How you doing? Are we ready? We are. I believe we are. You want to walk over? She's done a lot of film work, but we haven't seen her on TV much lately, so I'm excited about this. Yeah, it turns out she's going to be doing a show called Mom, which she's kind of a main character in. And she's also going to be in a couple of episodes of Masters of Sex. Ah, the new Showtime show with Michael Sheen, yes? Yeah, and that's one of the shows that you're pretty excited about for this fall. I'm a big fan of Shameless, and I think that there was a couple seasons of Dexter that were pretty interesting. And so anytime they pull out a new show, I am ready to give it a try. Totally. So what else are you excited about this fall? Of the NBC comedy block that I had been dedicated to for the last, gosh, almost decade with The Office and 30 Rock, we now have Parks and Rec still standing and Community still standing coming back with Dan Harmon. I'm sure we'll talk more about that later, but Parks and Rec comes back soon. I'm also very excited about the Mindy Project. I think it got stronger as its first year went on, and I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about Mindy Kaling, but I love her. I think she's fantastic, and I'm as excited that she has a show as I am about her show. Yeah, I'm also really excited about Mindy Project. It was one of my favorite shows last year. I just think she's hilarious. And I love that she's really allowed to have fun with it. And I feel like you can tell that. And it just makes it a really fun show to watch. I think it's really important that she doesn't try to make that show an answer to all of TV's diversity problems. She just tries to make a funny show. And I think she succeeds. Yeah. Another good one that I'm excited about coming back is Veep. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Right? Oh, man. I forgot that we were going to get more Veep so soon. I'm excited about more Veep. I know. It's like one of those delightful little treats. And of course, the only thing that can come close to filling the Breaking Bad shaped hole that's about to be in all of our lives, which I can't. Guys, don't worry. We're not even going to talk about Breaking Bad. It's too much. We can't do it. No, I. Yeah, I would have some sort of emotional epileptic shock or something yeah until the whole thing's over we just can't we can't bear the spoilers and it's it's too much but the one show that can fill at least part of that hole in our lives i think is homeland which if you're not watching homeland where have you been no kidding homeland is awesome really good show super intense a lot of good twists and turns well executed storyline all of the good things all the good things and a couple of my favorite actors and creators from the chicago area are going to be guest stars on the next season of homeland tracy letts who wrote august osage county a movie that i'm really excited about coming out soon based on the play he put up at steppenwolf and amy morton who starred in the original cast of august osage county is going to be a recurring character on homeland in the coming season as well that's awesome now another one that I need to give you a little grief about, Trisha, is Boardwalk Empire, which has already come back and it's really good and you should be watching it. I don't even really understand how it's possible that I haven't been watching this show, to be honest. It has all the things I like in it. It's one of those shows where I'm like, really, Trisha? I know. I'm sorry. There's only so many hours in a day and I have to rewatch some episodes of Doctor Who. That's just a requirement. 
Oh, is that what's taking up all of your time? Uh, maybe. I also came across some at least potentially interesting shows. Like there's this one called The Crazy Ones that's going to be on CBS. Have you heard about this? I kind of don't watch CBS very often, but go on. This is nuts. It's got Robin Williams and Sarah Michelle Gellar. What? Yeah. And apparently Robin Williams is this like business owner guy who's totally wacky. You know, he's Robin Williams. And Sarah Michelle Gellar plays his really straight, intense type A daughter who works with him. When's the last time Robin Williams was on TV? I don't know. When Aladdin was aired on television, I'm pretty sure. I mean, Mork and Mindy... And then a lot of good movies and right. then a lot of bad movies. And now this, the crazy ones on CBS. Okay. I know. it's. I was totally baffled when I found out. But, you know, I love the work Robin Williams does. And I think Sarah Michelle Gellar is very formidable herself. So I'm pretty, I'm excited to at least check it out. I'm curious. So another one I noticed that's coming on CBS is called The Millers. Have you heard about this one? Or is CBS just like never on your radar? It's sort of a black hole for me. It's following this trend that I've noticed in fall TV for some reason about parents either moving in with their children or grown children moving back in with their parents. Well, there's a lot of that going around in the culture. So I guess it makes sense that we're seeing more of it on our TV. I guess so. You know, it's a strange thing. This stars Will Arnett, who is Job in Arrested Development, among many other things. Mm -hmm. But the premise is that he has gotten divorced and is really excited about living the single life. And then he finds out his parents get divorced and his mom moves in. Oh. And his mom is played by Margot Martindale, who I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she played Mags in Justified. And she was like this really intense matriarchal gang leader, pretty much. In this really cool, strong, tough way. And then the other person who's in this show, which really blows my mind, is J.B. Smoove from Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know who I'm talking about, right? Oh, yes. I can't pause toast. You can pause toast. If this toast goes back in that machine, it's going to lose its essence. This guy is hilarious. So, yeah, I think I think that's going to be another fun one. CBS, who knows? I don't know. We'll have to give these CBS shows a try because we're certainly giving the benefit of the doubt to these ABC pilots back in the game, Trophy Wife. And the Goldbergs. But we had to bring in my pop culture spirit guide to help us play this game. So we're playing Mary Frat Kill this week with Rebecca Polson. Oh no, no teaching, no screwing him up like you did me. I screwed you up. Yeah. How about when I got my first period, huh? You told me to walk it off. There was no internet then. Or when I left for college? Do you remember what you said to me then? Take the dog or he'll die. After that. You promised me you would see every game I ever played in. I would look up in the stands. I never saw you once. Danny is never going to feel that, okay? The, the Gannon curse of being a minor leaguer in life will stop with him. I'll make sure of it. Okay, Rebecca, back in the game. What are you going to do? Marry, frack, kill this new ABC show. I've got to kill this one. Much as, like, I have really irrational loyalty to James Kahn, former Michigan State football player, and Sonny Corleone, I still can't watch this show. So this show is from Mark and Rob Cullen, the brothers responsible for looks like a whole lot of Las Vegas episodes, which makes sense. That's why James Kahn is probably a part of this project. They're old pals from working together. But I have to be honest, of the three shows we're talking about today, uh, you didn't give me much to work with here. So I'm, I'm marrying this show because I have irrational feelings about baseball. I don't know. Greta, what do you say? I'm killing it. Killing it. Killing it. Yeah, not only do I have no interest in James Caan, but I have negative interest in baseball. And unlike <laughs> Friday Night Lights, there is no one pretty to look at. 
There is no overarching story despite the sports that I can find appealing. Therefore, I'm over it. The one joke that landed on here, maybe just because I like really lame wordplay, when she pulls the jerseys out of the box and they're the angle. (laughs) (laughs) See, I didn't even watch that far. I gave up. Yeah, I mean, honestly... Right when I heard, what are you doing here? You promised yourself you never let baseball into your life again. The show is dead to me. I'll grant you that this is a really rough pilot, but I also have to say that I enjoyed that of the three in question, it's the only one that didn't hit me over the head with a voiceover. It's a storyline only Amy Sherman Palladino can get away with, really. The trope even of just moving back home, I just felt like it was done really poorly, you know? That moment where James Kahn is holding the beer and asks her to go get another one for him and... Hey, um, empty. What am I doing? I am not your 10-year-old waitress anymore. Get it yourself. It's just like, why is this happening? (laughs) Yeah, this show, I'm choosing not to think about it that hard, but... It's got a lot of lady issues. Her husband left her for a dental hygienist because she wouldn't get boob implants. It's not particularly easy to watch. Here's my feeling about this show, though. In the same way that Suburgatory, I think I gave up on too fast because I caught an episode from the recent season and I felt like it had grown into itself and gotten a little better. And pilots are hard, right? You're trying to establish all of this backstory so that you can just press go and move forward. So maybe from here on out, we'll just have an interesting small-town comedy. And then I met his family. You know what? The babysitter called and said that you were in the hospital, so I rounded up the kids and told them to prepare for the worst. She did say that, yeah. Hi, Dad. You're married. Uh, uh, This is my ex-wife, Jackie. This is my son, Warren. My daughter, Hillary. I found God! Oh, Oh, don't, 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 don't. Warren! Drop it. It's probably covered in fecal matter. And then I met his whole family. Okay, Rebecca, what are you going to do to Trophy Wife, Mary Frack Kill? All Frack Trophy Wife. So I listened to Sarah Haskins on the Nerdist Writers panel a couple of months ago, right before Trophy Wife got picked up. And I was super excited about the show. Because from hearing her talk, I thought it was going to be pitched at urban 20 and 30-somethings. But this is clearly a family hour program. They want you to be able to watch it with your kids. There's absolutely no edge involved in it whatsoever. It's interesting you say that because then I think of Modern Family, which I think does a really good job of being entertaining for grown-ups but also something kids could watch you know like that to me does seem like a pretty easily digestible show for the whole family if i'm at abc and i'm creating a comedy block and i have this concept and this cast this is a show that i want on at 9 30 after suburgatory and i feel like the way the pilot turned out it's 8 30 after the middle i think it even said something like that in a promo i saw it was like You know, watch the middle, then watch this. Yep. And I, while I was watching these three pilots, I thought about Modern Family a lot because Modern Family is kind of getting into late middle age. These shows were developed with the idea that something needs to carry the torch for Modern Family. One of the things that I found interesting about this show is even though the title is probably the most offensive in terms of it being called Trophy Wife, The women on the show are clearly the most developed and strongest of the three pilots we're talking about. 
Yep. I would watch Marsha Gay Harden and Bradley Whitford be divorced in any other scenario. So I kind of wish the show was just about their life, but I guess I'll put up with the other two wives, including the main character and her god-awful voiceovers. Would you ever want to go out for coffee? I'm free Tuesdays, Thursdays, and every other weekend. Some girls would have said no, but I liked him, so I jumped right in. There's a strong possibility that that is just a pilot thing and that it exists to set up with the world and will hopefully go away in later episodes. There's a lot of changes that need to be made with this show, but I'm most hopeful that they'll happen out of all the programs that we watched this week. Yeah, I think the potential is definitely there. So Greta, does that mean you're doing what to this show? I am marrying this show. Oh, And, you know, I still have a lot of problems with it. It's ultimately the fact that I love Bradley Whitford. So much. I will watch him interact with anybody for 23 minutes a week. I'm just glad to see him back on TV again. I was worried that after the weird mustache show with Colin Hanks that he might not come back to TV. Oh, yeah. God, I forgot about that weird mustache show. However, weird mustache show. Greatest name for a sitcom ever. But yeah, we've got Bradley Whitford as close to his Josh Lyman-ness as we've seen him since West Wing. There's a cadence in his speech that's just so familiar to me as someone who can recite whole episodes of West Wing practically. And I do love the craziness of all of these people showing up and kind of being in this woman's life. There was this one point where the trophy wife is intoxicated and she shows up and everybody's like in the front yard screaming and she says, can't you guys all just go home? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I, just, I thought it was pretty <laughs> hilarious, you know? And I think that seeing a little more about the relationship between Bradley Whitford's character and Malin Ackerman's character, even that scene at the very end of the episode made me think that there's going to be some reality there because those two actors are so talented that will help this show. And you're right. If they get rid of the voiceover I'll be much happier to watch the show. I was just so excited about Marsha Gay Harden in a comedy. That'll hold my attention for at least half a season. And I actually think that the kids are all pretty good for a pilot. Yeah, the kids are very funny, which was definitely when you watch these three shows together, you realize that kid actors can make or break your show. So, Trisha, what are you doing to it? I'm fracking it, too. You're fracking it, too. So that's pretty positive reviews, really, guys. Well, and I will. I will follow Bradley Whitford shows wherever they go. I watched all of Studio 60. I watched all of the Weird Mustache show. I love that you're calling it that. What was it really just so that people who... Good guys, I think? Yes. Yeah, you're right. There you go. It's okay, called Good there Guys. There go. <laughs> all right. So we're two shows down, one to go. Let's hear a little taste of the Goldberg. Man, I love the 80s. It was the age of E.T., Mr. T., and MTV. Back then, the world was still small. No cell phones or internet or Twitter. Your friends lived on your street, and your family were the people at your dinner table. If you were assuming these smiley people were my family, they're not. This is my family. This is how I remember the 80s. There were no parenting blogs or peanut allergies. Just a whole lot of crazy. Oh, look at that little geek right there. Yeah, that's me, Adam Goldberg. We were the first on our block to get a video camera. And I okay, used Rebecca, to record my entire Okay, Rebecca, there's only child. one option left, but let's remind folks where you're at. What's happening to the Goldbergs? I'm marrying the Goldbergs. Whoa. Why? I'm surprised you guys are killing it. Explain yourself. I love Wendy McClendon Covey in this. Wait, which one is she? The mom. 
okay. from Bridesmaids. And I would, you know, like, I'm very happy to watch her on my TV. And I mean, maybe I made this choice when I didn't think about it too hard, but I just genuinely enjoyed it. It's like, Trisha, you know that thing you say about Barnes & Noble? Right. Where it makes you feel exactly how it wants you to feel, and that kind of makes you feel uncomfortable, but you still like being there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about the Goldbergs. <laughs> I know it was like trying to tap into 80s nostalgia, and you know what? It found it. My Aunt Lisa's bangs look exactly like that. <laughs> yes, I think that was the most effective aspect of the show, is that it takes place in the 80s. But I had, it felt to me like a cheap version of The Wonder Years. This show did for me what The Newsroom has done for me, which Whoa. is The Newsroom makes me want to go back and watch West Wing. This show makes me want to go back and watch Wonder Years on Netflix. And I think it's a dangerous thing to play into people's nostalgia in an era when they can quickly just switch gears from watching your new show to the thing you're paying homage to. I think a lot of it has to do with just the fact that it's a pilot and they're really trying to emphasize who these people will be. And maybe once they actually can just be those people, it'll be fine. But right now it's just so intense. And not funny to me. I think it was also an odd choice to have the voiceover be Patton Oswalt, a voice that so many of us are really familiar with, especially in nerd culture, right? He's a voice that we know. And it made me think, is this Patton Oswalt's show? Oh, no, this is definitely not his family and his backstory. So they're just using a voice that they know nerds love to try to connect us with this character, this boy. It's fairly common to have a voiceover that is always unseen. Kirsten Bell is Gossip Girl. Bob Saget is Adult Ted in How I Met Your Mother, and we're never going to actually see Bob Saget. I think we'll probably continue to hear from Patton Oswalt, but we're never going to see that kid grow up into him. And I totally get that, but for me it was just jarring because I got excited for a second that this was going to be Patton Oswalt's vehicle. I came into this one as well, having heard Adam F. Goldberg on the Nerdist Writers panel talking about how all the footage that you see at the end, well, Greta, you didn't even make it five minutes, so you didn't see, like, at the end, he has his home videos that he plays next to the actors. You're aggravating me, you little bastard! He's aggravating me, you little bastard! The sexiest man alive? Yes, I do. But I'm drinking tonight. <laughs> That's how he pitched the show, was he just let videos that he took as a kid of his family play. Let's look a little bit back at what Adam F. Goldberg has been responsible for before, because I was wondering about his nerd credentials, even though I don't like that idea. I did want to know, is this camera-toting, Star Wars t-shirt-wearing kid character coming from a real place? And it seems like he sure is. It sounds like Adam F. Goldberg was this kid. That actually makes me a little less hateful of this show. He's responsible for a Dungeons and Dragons documentary coming out soon. He was also a consulting producer on about a dozen episodes of Community, and he wrote the screenplay for Fanboys. I like a lot of those things. I certainly like Community, but I'm not convinced. And I love Jeff Garland. That's the other thing that really drove me nuts is I love Jeff Garland. And yeah, I just felt like he wasn't being properly utilized either. It's really based off found footage that Adam F. Goldberg took as a child. And I think this is a show that's going to mature a lot as it becomes a show and not quite as strictly based on his family. As an actor, like, it's hard to find your performance when you're playing someone's recently deceased father, your boss's recently deceased father. If we give it a little time to grow into something in and of itself, those things might mellow out a little bit. If they all make it that far. 
the fact that these are the only three shows that ABC put up for free ahead of time means they're the ones that they're the most worried about finding an audience for, I would think. Yeah, I've got a feeling that back in the game is not going to see a back nine order. (laughs) So you know what you guys didn't notice? What? I killed two shows. What? That's cheating. It's cheating. I know. Wait, so you fracked one and killed two? No, I married. I married Trophy (laughs) Wife and killed the others. Oh, so no fracking for you. (laughs) No fracking. No fracking for me. No. Well, just it's typical. Don't don't be don't be taking some high road here. You gotta frack one of them. No fracking, just murder and marriage. <laughs> you gotta frack something. <laughs> Kill them all. <laughs> Thanks to Rebecca Polson for playing our game. You can tell us if you'd like which you would do: marry, frack, or kill those three TV shows. And the podcast that she mentions a couple of times is something that I want to give a plug to because I also love listening to it. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel. It's part of the Chris Hardwick Nerdist Empire. And each week there is a panel discussion among TV writers about the shows they work on, the business they work in, and some pretty crazy behind-the-scenes stories. Yeah, you know, this is a podcast that I haven't gotten to listen to yet, but I definitely feel like I ought to because it sounds really good. I always got the advice in college that if there was a professional who you really respected their work, offer to buy them a cup of coffee and see if they'll talk to you for a half hour because what's the worst that could happen? The Nerdist Writers Panel is basically getting to do that with all the favorite TV writers you have, and you don't even have to buy them any coffee. I heard that saying, too, but instead of coffee, it was beer. (laughs) You must have been in grad school. I was an undergrad. Time now for homework? I think so. My homework is definitely for those word nerds out there. It might not be as interesting to the rest of you as it was to me, but it is about how twerk was recently added to the Oxford English Dictionary. Oh, boy. And I know, I know. It seems inherently problematic, but if you're like me, you will find reassurance in this segment that was on Fresh Air last week by Fresh Air's in-house linguist, Jeff Nunberg, who I love. We got to get us one of those, an in-house linguist. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Um, But this is a really thoughtful essay about what it means that twerk is now part of the Oxford English Dictionary. And he even uses the phrase word nerd. So it's pretty much the most delightful thing ever. I've even got a little bit we can listen to. Modern lexicographers don't need to provide a literary pedigree for new items like mwahahaha, which Oxford defines as the cackling laughter uttered by a villainous character in a cartoon. And while those inclusions can still trigger a few indignant squeals, the media are rarely so uncool as to object. When the OED added some texting abbreviations a couple of years ago, the Times ran an editorial headed OMG OED LOL and applauded Oxford for what it called an affirmation of the plasticity of the English language. So yeah, if that caught your attention, give a listen. We've got a link on our website, nerdatpodcast.com. Trisha, what about you? What's your homework for us this week? Next week's interview guest is Victoria Schwab, the author of the new book Vicious, but the book isn't out until next week, so it wouldn't be fair to give it to you now. But one of the things I love about Vicious is that it takes a sort of non-traditional look at what it's like to have superpowers, which got us thinking about our favorite superpowers. So the either or we're posing to you is if you could have a superpower, would you want it to be my favorite, Flight? Or Greta's favorite, which is... I always told myself if I could have a magical power, it would be to keep baby animals baby. <laughs> oh, my God. I am dead serious. <laughs> that is ten times better than anything I thought you were going to say. <laughs> well, obviously. I mean, I feel like flight and invisibility are kind of the usual either-or situation. But the the thing is here, the catch would be for them to still be able to grow and develop mentally, just not physically. So, you know, they're not peeing in the house. <laughs> 
but they're still really cute. I know. I know. Oh, boy. Okay. So what would you do? 312-600-5638. All right. That's it for today. Thanks to Rebecca Polson for coming on to play Mary Frack Kill with us. And thanks to all of you who are planning on calling us this week. Yeah, call us, guys. 312-600-5638. Thanks for listening on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Throw us some stars if you're feeling generous. Or awesome. Or altruistic. Ooh, that's a good one. BJ Lederman did not compose our theme. You're listening to Pottington Bear. Do your homework. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to the Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.